Guess what, people? There's a new article about gang stalking, a real-life harassment, or textbook paranoia. Joe Pierre, MD, Psychology Today, posted October 20th, 2020. This is a new one. Guys, um, this is still more Morgulons, but I'm sorry. The gang stalkers do have a distant kinship, whether we like it or not, to the Morgies. Do I think that these are different uh, disorders, diseases? Yeah, I do. I think that nobody in the gang stalking community claims to have a medical disorder, whereas in Morgulons, we're trying to prove that we do have a medical disorder. They're trying to prove that they don't. Everybody's trying to say, I ain't crazy. It's yet to be determined who is and who isn't crazy. Perhaps we all are. Perhaps none of us are. And the people that have perpetrated this campaign of insane harassment and inflicted infection and affliction upon uh, the communities here, if there is some kind of conspiratorial agency behind either phenomena. Personally, I I don't think so. I think the morgies are sick because there's some kind of unknown emerging pathogen, just like COVID, you know, um, not just like COVID, but you know, in the sense that it's an emerging new pathogen that people didn't know about before. And I think that the gang stalking targeted individuals are probably um, tapping into some bona fide real like paranoia that is justified about being surveyed constantly, which we all are being, just not by a bona fide uh, state actor, more like uh, corporate America. Um, but other than that, my assumption, keyword, and we know what happens when we do assumptioning. Yes. Um, it makes an ass out of you and, um, yeah, so anyway, but I'm assuming that the targeted individuals are just like a, you know, unhappy, lonely, uh, isolated, paranoid, delusions of persecution group of people, but I don't know, and I'm really no longer one of those people who just, you know, like uh, the Saturnian in Micromegas, who just makes these assumptions out the gate without really investigating and um, really only hews to what is already known rather than rather than imagining what is possible. Uh, so let's get into this. What is this gang stalking stuff all about? What does it have to do with morgies, if anything? If it is true what the gang stalkers claim or the targeted individuals claim, then that gives a hell of a lot more, and it was, pr- and we could prove it. Then that gives a hell of a lot more credence to the idea that the etiology of Morgulans is conspiratorial in nature and man-made. Um, again, do not support these views. Just being thorough in my investigation, leaving no stone unturned. Okay, stay tuned. When I go walking down the street. Seems all the people I meet today work for the CIA. 2020, plenty of bad news. Gang stalking blues. Gang stalking blues. I got the gang stalking blues. 
Gang stalking, real life harassment, or textbook paranoia. Part one, the paranoid reality of, quote, targeted individuals. There's a quote from the police song, Every Breath You Take, a classic song of stalking, how romantic. Uh, note, this is part one of a three-part series on gang stalking. What is gang stalking? Reports of gang stalking began emerging at least 15 years ago by self-described, quote, targeted individuals, TIs, claiming to be followed, surveyed, harassed, and otherwise victimized by unknown forces, wielding high-tech weapons of, quote, mind control. Since then, much more has been written about this phenomenon, especially over the past few years, with national attention devoted to a few notable cases of violence and mass shootings perpetrated by people identifying as TIs. These journalistic accounts in the mainstream press, as well as in self-publication sites like medium.com, never heard of it, interesting, and two Vice documentary offer intimate, sympathetic, and compelling portraits of those who identify as victims of gang stalking. By way of summary, TIs typically describe living in a state of constant fear, seeing evidence of being followed by unmarked police cars in every black SUV that drives by, of being zapped by, quote, extremely low-frequency radiation or, quote, voice-to-skull V2K technology in every tingling sensation or bodily ache and of malevolent intentions in other people's every gesture. I mean, I'd like to hear more directly from the TIs to see if this is an accurate portrayal. I just wonder how accurately these uh, TIs are being portrayed by this author, but because guys, this, is, this is kind of a classic uh, delusions of persecution, paranoia. Interviews often note that TIs don't appear, quote, unusual, disheveled, or otherwise, quote, crazy, and that some of them are doctors, acclaimed novelists, and other reasonably well-functioning professionals. Indeed, the TI community is comprised of thousands of diverse individuals coming from all walks of life with similarly diverse accounts of who might be harassing them and why. I thought the thing they all had in common was that they all had remarkably similar stories about the gang stalking. Very confused. Neighbors, ex-boyfriends, employers, police, and other law enforcement agencies quote, the financial elite or less conventional sources like Freemasons and space aliens. The why is often attributed to retaliation for ending relationships, acting as whistleblowers at work, political activism, having run-ins with the law, or being privy to secret information. Seemingly motiveless harassment is chalked up to being hapless victims of experimentation by government agencies testing new techniques, new techniques of surveillance or mind control. If there's a common thread to the accounts of gang stalking, it's that TIs describe considerable suffering not only as a result of ongoing concerns about being harassed, but also from the experience of physical symptoms like pain and, quote, hearing voices and the significant social stigma associated with sharing their claims with family, friends, or mental health professionals who routinely dismiss them as crazy. As a result, TIs have found solace on the internet where they share, quote, ward stories and survival strategies with like-minded individuals who have similarly found themselves at the center of a vast conspiracy theory. The subjective reality of paranoia. Of course, stalking by a single individual is a dangerous reality for some, especially women fleeing abusive relationships and other targets of erotomania. And bullying by a group of individuals, aka mobbing, is increasingly recognized as a school and workplace hazard. It sure is, y'all. It's a public health threat. Bullying. It is terrible. It's really hurting our children. And, and I'm sure adults as well. In an episode called Trustfall, the NPR Invisibilia podcast recently highlighted a seemingly improbable case of internet harassment that turned out to be real after all. Love that podcast, y'all. Check out Invisibilia.
New York Times article detailed another real-life case of cyber-stalking and in-person surveillance by employees at eBay. And yes, a few real events in history, such as CIA's MKUltra mind control program and the FBI's Pro surveillance program of the 1950s have occurred. Ooh, I see an episode about Pro coming up in the future. Just as the modern-day mass manipulation of human behavior through social media is a reality in which we all now live. Not me, yo. I deleted my Facebook in 2015. But... If you aren't personally experiencing gang stalking, it's hard for an outsider, much less a psychiatrist, to accept it as anything other than a textbook example of paranoia. Indeed, that's been the conclusion of the few mental health researchers that have examined gang stalking to date. In 2006, Dr. Vaughn Bell and colleagues published an analysis of 10 online accounts of, quote, mind control experiences consistent with gang stalking, though they didn't mention that word explicitly. When assessed by three independent psychiatrists, All of the accounts were classified as consistent with the evidence of a psychotic disorder. Well, no shit. What else is the psychiatrist going to say? I mean, that's not research. That's just like asking your waiter if the food is good. Like, you know what they're going to say. Duh. Anyway, um... Yes. So in 2015, doctors Lorraine Sheridan and David James, we read that uh, study in our previous episode about gang stalking, conducted an analysis of 128 responses to a survey about stalking that similarly and concluded that 100% of cases involving gang stalking by multiple coordinated individuals reflected paranoid delusions. In contrast, only 4% of those reporting stalking by a single individual were deemed to be delusional. In both of these studies, gang stalking claims were attributed to paranoia because they defied credulity, meaning belief, often due to the sheer amount of resources or level of coordinated organization that would be necessary to carry out what was claimed that is a problem that is a problem for credulity credibility believability as a psychiatrist it's nearly impossible to disagree with those conclusions delusions are defined in psychiatry as fixed false beliefs with paranoia representing a classic version in which one believes they're being followed harassed or otherwise persecuted vigilance keeping an eye out for and being generally wary of potential threats is normal and can transform into exaggerated hypervigilance under various conditions such as having been an actual victim of violence at the extreme full-blown paranoia of delusional intensity can be understood as that same evolutionary warning system gone completely awry to the point of seeing the evidence and believing that such threats are almost everywhere and despite stigma Stigmatizing stereotypes about psychotic disorders like schizophrenia, those whose paranoia is part of, quote, delusional disorder, where, quote, non-bizarre or plausible delusions are the only symptoms, don't typically appear bizarre or odd and have a functioning that's relatively intact according to traditional diagnostic criteria in the DSM. For an excellent portrayal of what it's like to be married to someone with delusional disorder, listen to this episode of This American Life called You Can't Handle the Truth. Interesting. This helps to explain why, aside from their idiosyncratic beliefs, many TIs don't appear obviously psychotic. There is no such thing. I don't know what that means. So, but digging deeper tells a different story. Many TIs report concerns not only about gang stalking, but other common symptoms of mental illness, such as auditory hallucinations or voice hearing, and even less plausible beliefs, such as having implants inside their bodies that can control their thoughts or that people have been replaced by aliens. But even those with, quote, pure paranoia appear to display textbook examples of delusional 
Banking. Throughout my career, I've worked with hundreds, if not thousands of people with paranoid delusions, including but not limited to those who have claimed to be victims of gang stalking. In such cases, claims of persecution defy, defy credulity on several grounds. First, there's the unbelievably vast extent of what's claimed. Fleets of black SUVs with tinted windows, persecutors in disguise on every street corner, and futuristic secret technology being deployed from God knows where. Second, there's a lack of any obvious or credible motive for the persecution. Why would the CIA be devoting considerable resources to keep an average Joe under constant surveillance for years on end? Note that paranoia and grandiosity, an exaggerated sense of self-importance, often go hand in hand. Third, the persecutory experiences continue regardless of attempts to escape or relocate, including when hospitalized in the inpatient psychiatry ward and are contradicted by acquaintances or family and friends living in close proximity. And so by process of elimination, as well as recognition as a textbook case, paranoid delusions often offer the best explanation for most gang stalking claims. Okay, well, it depends on the evidence, and that's always true. Of course, it's the rule, rather than the exception, that people with delusional disorder avoid being labeled as mentally ill and spurn referrals to psychiatry. But one more thing that can help to clarify that persecutory concerns are delusional is that paranoia often resolves when its underlying causes are actually treated, whether by participating in psychotherapy that challenges cognitive distortions in the face of evidence, taking medications for psychotic disorders like schizophrenia or stopping the use uh, or stopping the use of illicit drugs well known to cause paranoia like methamphetamines, cocaine and sometimes marijuana or alcohol. Many benefit from a combination of these interventions. Doesn't it sound like he's saying many benefit from a combination of these drugs? Punctuation and sentence structure are everything. Once treated, people sometimes develop insight that the experience wasn't real after all and is best explained by paranoia, but just as often, a delusional belief may not be fully relinquished as an explanation for past events, so much as someone is simply relieved and thankful that, for whatever reason, the persecution has stopped. Beliefs, whether those of TIs or psychiatrists, are ultimately probability judgments, where the distinction between a delusion and a normal belief is the difference between what could be true and what's likely to be true, and the associated level of conviction for that judgment. Agreed. By definition, people with delusions hold beliefs with unwarranted levels of conviction, with the main evidence for the belief lying almost exclusively within the subjective experience. They often reason that, I can't be crazy because it seems so real. If they didn't, they wouldn't be delusional. In other words, if you believe you're paranoid, you're not. By way of contrast, clinicians assessing delusions must be open to and investigate the potential reality of seemingly unfounded beliefs. Recall that in Dr. Sheridan's study, 96% of individual stalking claims were judged to be real, making probabilistic judgments based on objective evidence. By most accounts, gang stalking doesn't hold up to such objective analysis for anyone other than those experiencing it. That's the confounding reality of delusions. They're ultimately grounded in subjective experience, whereas the truth is objective. Usually, if the people uh, analyzing the evidence are ob- objective, although I tend to agree with everything he says so far, but um, maybe not as uh, confidently simply because you know um mk ultra victims were subjected to the kind of mind control experiments that are just totally like why like what was the motive why were they spending considerable resources on this uh project experiment of mk ultra that really yielded absolutely nothing of value to society the military or whatever um 
basically acid makes you uh, feel fucked up for a while. Serving in the privileged position of authority as an arbiter of what's credible or not of the truth requires that one be open-minded about what's possible in the universe, aware of the breadth of culturally sanctioned beliefs and humble about the limits of human knowledge. So true. And so, rather than succumbing to the binary bias, perhaps we should consider whether gang stalking might not be quite so black and white after all. Maybe it's not as simple as a question of paranoia or not. In part two of this series, gang stalking, conspiracy, delusion, and shared belief, I'll examine a third possibility, revisiting the intersection of conspiracy theories and shared delusions in the digital age. Ooh, read parts two and three of this series on gang stalking. There. This is great. This is really, really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm truly fascinated by this phenomena, um, just because there are so many parallels to Morgulons, although there, there are a few key differences as well, I think we can all admit. But um, very interesting. I guess we'll have to go in and look at these other two articles as well as that FBI, whatever it was called, point con or whatever. Um, interesting. Lots to look forward to this week. Thanks for listening, you guys. Stay tuned.